This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by ComicBookClick.com and as always, I am never alone. Sir, can you please introduce yourself? Hey, great to be back, George. Um, my name is Alex Garcia, everybody, aka B Roke. It's been a while, it's been a while trying to wash out the, the taste of our last uh, podcast that we did. <laughs> people, people often say that one more day is one of the worst things to happen to Spider Man, but I now feel bl- to blame because the last thing I had you on was Morbius. We haven't seen you since, possibly because, yeah. you know, <laughs> watching that movie causes people to go in a downward spiral, but I'm glad to see you here in good health. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I had to go hibernate, here. like 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 a like a like a good vampire. I had to go <laughs> hibernate and hide, and couldn't go out in the sun. And... You gotta drink the blue and not the red, bro. Everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> it was oof, and not just More that, but I I I I, I, def- I partially defended the movie. I still wanted pe- even now. I still want people to see the movie so they can say see how it's not the most awful thing. Right. But when you but when you see the posts that are being made about this movie, it just makes my uh, less than fantastic opinion all the more uh, stupid, for lack of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I think it's just so, Sony trying to grasp at straws continuously um, as it as it tries to find its footing. They know that supposedly the MCU is supposed to keep Tom Holland as Spider Man for a little bit longer, and they're trying to do this. I guess set up a bunch of villains for this, but. What angers me is there are obviously easier accessible Spider-Man stories that you can tell. Some of them are hallmark in what in the comic book character's career. And we're continuing Spider-Man month. This this month, Spider-Man makes 60 years as a comic book character, one of the most um enigmatic characters with a tremendous staying power. And it's because of stories like the one we're gonna cover today, uh Spider-Man Blue. Now, I put this on the schedule because I had always heard that this is one of the quintessential Spider-Man stories, um, but I'm t- I'll tell you in front of all the people for the very first time ever, this was my first time reading this story. Um, it Look, there is a ton, a ton of Spider-Man. Um, I, don't, I don't hold that against you. I don't hold that against even the most, um, the most serious Spider-Man fan if they, if they missed it. If in the Spider-Man nine, Amazing Spider-Man number nine hundred just came out, I consider myself a pretty damn avid Spider-Man fan. I have not read every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I have, right? And and in those nine hundred issues, sixty years, there have been uh, spinoffs. There have been Web of Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Sensational Mm -hmm. Spider-Man, and 
countless miniseries. Mm-hmm. So if you if you are an avid Spider-Man fan, such as yourself or anyone listening to this, and you completely miss this and you feel like, man, it's okay. It's okay. That's why we're here. And yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm pretty sure people out there have read miniseries that I've never even heard of. So right. hang on and enjoy the ride. <laughs> it, this also felt incredibly fitting because uh, we lost Tim Sale this year. Um, and, you know, like th- this book, we covered Long Halloween when we were co- close to covering the Batman. It just felt right to pair these two things together. But I guess I wanted to ask you up front, what was your history with this uh, story? Um, yeah, well, big shout out to Tim Sale, man. Seriously, even you know, um, when we when you put this on the schedule way back when it was before he was in the hospital or and, and unfortunately passed away. Right. So I just want to in revisiting this this story and it, and also not just that but seeing the animated uh long halloween and seeing how they um transferred his art into animation right his it, it's 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 timeless it's gonna it's he's gonna he's gonna go down as one of the most prolific um art, comic book artists of all time um yeah. seeing going going through this and seeing his line work and seeing how he can he can he can take a small uh, a rectangle on a page and put so much detail in it to it but then uh, then you turn the page and you see this double page spread that it, it's it's both uh cartoony but yet realistic and the yeah. backgrounds are so on point it's like man we we really lost uh a treasure a treasure this there not many artists can do what he do- does and I mean, he really died out of nowhere. It, that, yeah. that's, the, that's the really sudden thing because I had just picked up. I don't know if you had picked up. Speaking of Long Halloween, they they came out with a a one shot, uh, right? A, a one shot like epilogue to it that he did. That him and right. Jeff Loeb got back together and they did this one shot and it was gorgeous and it was kind of like, ooh, Tim Sale's coming back around again. This is cool. Let, let's where's he gonna go? And then I think all of uh, two months later, he's gone. He's Man. gone. And I and I haven't looked too far into it. I don't know. I don't think they've still have released the how he died, what, what it was that occurred, and you know, I I just hope it was something understanding because I hate hearing those. You know, I hate even saying the words. You know, when a person takes their own life or or foolishly uses something that causes them to end their own life. So I just hope that it's not that. But it just sucks overall to to lose someone. Uh, so amazing yeah um full pun intended as well i think i at last i heard it was kidney failure that got him so okay. um okay. you know i you got like it's one of those things that you, you don't know until you know and by then you right know, it's a it's a yeah. wrap um, yeah but like you said but- you mentioned cartoonish I and I agree 100 wholeheartedly, but how expression that all the expressions in that, right? Like all his expressions in the cartoon. Um, when you get past, I want to say the first two pages of this story and get that full green goblin face, <laughs> it's like, yes, wow, yes, like wow, yes. like so, yes. so much emotion right there on that page. He fills every square, like every square inch that he can with emotion. With he plays with shadows, he plays with um silhouettes uh um like you said just it, things don't have to be 100% anatomically correct it, it invokes the feeling that it wants you to feel and he was yeah perfect. yeah i mean to go to go back about this series one when i saw it on the shelves back in this came out around the time of 911 
in that in, in 2001. Uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale were already up until that that year known for yo. If you put Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale together, you're gonna get an amazing story. They had already put out uh, Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and I believe Hulk Gray and Daredevil Yellow came yeah. out before before these as well. Uh, he would later do Captain America White, and I think maybe one other series. Um, I and so when you saw those two names together, you knew you were gonna get a good story. It didn't matter what character it, it could have been. It could have been the Great Lake Avengers, and people yeah. would have bought it. Yo, Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, Great Lake Avengers, Orange, let's go. We're right, gonna right. we're gonna read it. Um. So so when I heard that he was doing a Spider Man one, Spider Man's my guy. He's been my guy uh, since I was a kid. I picked up my first Spider-Man comic in 1992 and I've and been basically collecting them ever since, even through the good, the bad, and the ugly. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine at the comic shop recently because, you know, Spider-Man goes through his ups and downs. You either love his runs or he hates his yeah. runs. And I, people know, like when they see me, all right, what's happening in Amazing Spider-Man, Alex? Because they know no matter no matter what's happening, I'm collecting Amazing Spider-Man. Right. So when I saw this happening, and this was this this little side miniseries, I said, I got to read this. Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, let's go. And from the moment I picked up the first issue, I was like, I am finishing this series. Because <laughs> like you said, within within a few pages of the first issue, and you see that maniacal green goblin face it, the, the 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 grin is both horrific and charming at the same time yep. you're like this they hit they hit it out the park with this so where what is it telling where where you know um and immediately you're 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 hit with um this sadness because this story is about love at the end of it, it it's a love yes. story um mm -hmm. it, it starts off with him recording his voice into a voice recorder yep. and kind of talking to gwen who if you're if you're any kind of spider-man fan you know of gwen stacy you it, it, it may not know the character but everybody knows of her death right. and for people who don't know in comic books that was like the first significant death to ever happen because yep. even in the pages of comics like Superman and Batman that had been around for decades before it, no one ever really died and, and stayed dead. It was always like, oh, my God, I think Lois died to be continued. And then the next issue, <laughs> Lois would like, oh, I jumped in a bunker at the last minute and I'm fine. Right, right, like, right. You know, Brush yourself off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, Superman, Superman put his cape around me and the flames didn't get me. Ha, 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 ha. You know, right. but seeing seeing um, this girl who was uh, the fulcrum of, of Peter Parker's life at the time. And she dies horrifically, man. Yeah. This dude, Green Goblin, throws her off the bridge. And in Spider-Man trying to save her, as as was wonderfully um, filmed in Amazing Spider-Man 2, mm -hmm. he, he, sna he snaps her neck. So it's like, dude, she was dead anyway. But yeah. in you trying to save her, you kill her. And he's in this story. He's he's basically recording his voice as a love letter to the sorrow of not having her in his life anymore, and go and re, re and telling what it is that made him fall in love with her in this story. And it's it's fantastic from the from the first page to the end. Knowing what you know about the character, uh, are you Team Gwen or Team MJ? Um. It's it's hard to to not be Team MJ. It's one of those things. I grew up with Mary Jane. 
you know, Same. I learned about Gwen Stacy later. This was this was one of, if not the story that made me go, wow, this was why she was so important. Because I started collecting, you know, Spider-Man, like I said, in the early 90s. And who's in the middle of my early 90s? That's Mary Jane. That's Mary yep. Jane time. Yep. So you only hear about Gwen every now and again in an issue where he's reflecting on her or maybe some side stories going on because <laughs> comic books. Yeah. You know, there's Gwen clones out there. There's an actor oh, who man. had a face change to be Gwen. There's all, so you many know, Gwen clones. Miles. Miles Warren shows up every now and again and to say I have 15 Gwen clones. And he has like a weird creepy crush on her, even though that was Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. You know, and also, yeah, in the 90s, that was also the, <laughs> the, the clone, the, the original clone saga. So, uh, yeah, so you only see her almost as it's unfortunate. At some, there was in the 90s, she was almost like a char- caricature. It was like, oh, the, okay. it's this other thing. So I'm definitely team MJ, but this series and honestly even in rereading it for this it made me go wow man when when was amazing like like how i can see why so many people were upset when they when they had to kill it when they made when marvel made a made made them kill her off because she was a she was a fun character and just very in this series is definitely a similarity to there's you know in in the I hate to say the cattiness, the the the, the femininity, <laughs> yeah. you know, of it, of it, but you can see how they are two different women. hundred you know? percent. I didn't and realize so- until this story, and you know, we covered Mary Jane Love Spider Man, and even when I think it was no, it was more so when we covered um, Maximum Carnage. I didn't realize how much of a like trendsetter hip thing Mary Jane was, you know. Mm. Um, I didn't realize how much of a party girl and how popular and how she is like a firecracker. Um, and Gwen is almost the opposite of that, or at least portrayed to be the opposite of that. And I guess you could even argue that Gwen probably long-term wouldn't have challenged Peter, you know, like it would, she would have been a, a, an amazing source of comfort and, and care. But, you know, Stan Lee had said that he, wanted Gwen to be the central love interest, but MJ's popularity, you know, burst through the roof and they were like, okay, fine. We're going to go in that direction and make her make um MJ the love interest. And he said, no matter what they did with Gwen, people still wanted uh, MJ. They yeah, always thought I, that she was more interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess <laughs> Gwen, Gwen is the girl that your 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 mom hopes you bring home and ends up marrying. Yeah, Mar- Mar- Mary Jane is 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 the girl. Uh, I'm trying to be PG here. <laughs> I think, I think, well, you know, it's funny. I see a similar kind of dynamic. Not to you know go off on a tangent between um, Scott, Jean, and Emma. You know, yes. I feel like yes. one yes. of them is the is the picture perfect what you would want or what you think you would want kind of playing it safe doting relationship and the other one's going to challenge you man the other one's going to call you out on your shit the other one's gonna you know the other Mm. one's going to say oh okay you're doing that then i'm gonna go do this um and that kind of thing does elicit excitement in readers they don't want somebody that's just kind of following around the protagonist like a puppy dog they want somebody with their own spontaneity and and stuff and i love how retrospectively we can go back and look at gwen and say that she you know um, encouraged peter and she didn't judge peter and at multiple points showed to have almost the same kind of intellect as him so she wasn't a pushover in any means but i do think that mj uh, became more of a challenge for that character 
Um, one yeah. other one before we get into the uh, the book itself, one other thing I wanted to ask you is, as a fan, as a fan of Spider Man who's read so much, um, are there any kind of signs when you're reading a Spider Man story that someone's gotten his voice, or is his voice just so easy to capture after sixty years that everyone kind of nails it? Um, oof, what a that's a that's a good question. It's that is a very good question. It, 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 it is. I mean, I guess because he has been around so long and you you kind of uh, have that constant voice of and, and I and I personally hate it. I I, I, I get why the, the attraction is there for it. The, you know, the the down on his luck, Peter Parker. But there's at the same time inside of him is this amazing character who can whip out puns and save the world and save universes. So right. you know who 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 amongst even 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 the the most charismatic men I would imagine imagine themselves even in a greater sense so that they look at themselves like oh my this even my charismatic self is like Peter but I yeah. wish I could be this more ultra Spider Man character so right. I think that's what makes this character so timeless is that we all feel meager. You know, and so, and I, and I think that's why his voice is easy to capture, and why Marvel always wants to keep him that way. Like, look, man, keep him as the regular dude. He's he's down on his luck. He's broke. He lives in an apartment. Or has to live. Broke. <laughs> like one, to, of, yeah, one of the parts he, he always has to be. Has yeah, to be yeah, broke. yeah. He's he's always living with someone else. He never has his own place. He, but at the same time, women find them charming, and all of these things, and. Behind the scenes, he's this amazing character that, you know, like I said, saves universes, saves saves planets, saves people, you know, so whether he's saving someone from being hit by a car or saving a, a planet from a conversion uh, destruction, he's, right. he's figuring it out. He, he, he's this awesome character. Dan Slott's run, which I find is getting more and more divisive and mm -hmm. now in it now in its now that it's in the rearview mirror. Right. A lot of I'm finding a lot of people that hated it. And I tell them I loved it. And I, I really think it's going to go it. down because it was one of the few runs I've ever experienced where the Parker luck is ending. I mean, the, the bad luck is ending. He right. starts his own company. You yep. know what I mean? He, he, he it all started like it, it was just this upward trend. You know, he's constantly actually accomplishing things. Aunt May um, starts the. Um, the, the the homeless thing initiative, you know, and even she hooks up with J. Jonah Jameson's dad yeah. and all of these things. It was it was uh, uplifting to see that this character elevate himself, you know, because I mean, how many of us have that friend that you're like, dude, you're capable of so much. Right. Go get a job. Go fix yourself. Do this. Do that. I, I also love that they use Ak as like a quick, like a quick fix, right? Like Ak got him his diploma. Uh, which yeah. he should have gotten a long freaking time mm -hmm. ago. Yes, and, yes. You know, and um, I love, like you said, it, it, it was a natural evolution of the character. It, it, it might have been terrifying for Dan to, to push the character past its normal safe zone, but everywhere he put him felt right. It felt like yeah. a natural progression for that character. And maybe that's what people were not too excited for, the idea that he could move in any kind of direction. But yeah, like now he, Parker Industries was a freaking cool idea that it ends up getting burned to the ground, right? Because we got to go back to status quo. And right. And that, and, and that's, that was what was disappointing. And then we got into the Nick Spencer run. And that was all over the place with the whole Kindred 
yeah. stuff. But um, yeah, but is Peter Parker, like when you, with the way this story, Jeff Loeb gets gets the voice immediately. I mean, when it when it when that the initial narration of the mm-hmm. way he's describing his profession and going into talking about Gwen it's he nails it because it, it there's so much at this look this is this was done in what 2000 2001 mm-hmm. so the character at that point was 40 years old there's there's plenty of voice to go on and it's and it's an easy voice to get into but then the art also just explodes i mean he's he's going to visit the the bridge the the brooklyn bridge where uh, gwen had been thrown off of and it's just such it's 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 Batman esque, right? Batman does the yeah. same thing, right? He visits Crime Alley, he puts down two roses for his parents, and he keeps it moving. Yeah. Spider Man, Spider Man does the same exact thing here, and it's beautifully done. I mean, it's called Spider Man Blue, and it's done in mostly blue to to and, show. And you I, I love how why you know what at the end where they name where they say why it's called Spider Man Blue. I'm like, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going back now, <laughs> going back now, and looking at it again, you you realize okay. It's telling us because this is it's it's a it's a depressing celebration of a character, you know yeah. that that not only do do readers miss but the character himself misses, yeah, you know. So it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's it's an easy voice to get, but to me, the harder voices to nail are his cast of characters that he's always around. Yeah, and so when he in that first fight he's having with Green Goblin when he's starting to, to tell the story of that leads to him falling in love with MJ, mm-hmm. the, the dialogue between him and Norman is, is just so much fun. Yeah. And this is, and seeing, seeing the dialogue he has with, with, with Pete, cause Pete's unmasked. Like he knows Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Right. This is one of the, one of those moments where I look at it and go, this is why when I, when people say, Oh, I, you know, the Joker is like green goblin or green goblin is like Joker. I go, no, no, these two, they, these two people are, not the same sure they're crazy but that's the difference joker is obsessed with batman Mm -hmm. green goblin is obsessed with peter parker right because kind of kind of like how um how i was just saying right we all have that friend that we wish more out of right that we know they're capable of he looks at peter parker like dude you're 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 doing the superhero thing it's trash you, yeah. you should be you should be doing this or you should be doing it like this because he's got him dead to rights but he, he's he's in his face talking about him and even when he, spider-man escapes he says to him yeah, that was part of my plan man you think yep. i was just gonna you think i was just gonna kill you this is you escaping right now is part of my plan it's cool it's cool it's 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 <laughs> it's what i wanted because this is what i want to do to you i want to i want to torture you but i don't want to kill you i want to bring something else out of you right he's such a he's, he's such a great character i love the show, Green Goblin. Yeah, show, show that there's more like show that almost anyone can be twisted almost anyone can you know get him to so angry to the point that he, I mean, he does want to kill the green goblin post uh gwen's death you know he's like totally down to do that i yeah. love i love you know that because it's such a hallmark moment i mean a lot of people call the death of gwen stacy the end of the silver age of comics yep yep and um you know, it's such a hallmark moment that it does get. Uh, um, there's a lot of homage to it in reading different stories, like even Spider-Man um, Life Story, like different things. I've I've now gotten different parts of this, either the beginning of this, like uh, past where this story stops, 
or before when this story starts <laughs> in Spider-Man's lore. So this was like a perfect puzzle piece that goes right in the middle that colors in everything else. If you've read anything in early Spidey, if you've read anything with early uh, Gwen or MJ, this I feel like is a perfect puzzle piece that kind of uh, puts it all together. Yeah, um, and that's that's how that's how I felt about it. Reading it the first time around because I didn't know much about this. I mean, I'm getting into comics in the, say that time period, and even at that time, trying to go back and get some of those issues for a for a kid in college. Uh, I'm not paying twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, hundred bucks for some of these to go back and get some of these issues. You know, this was before digital made things easier to to get back issues. So. Mm-hmm. So, so to to have this fill in those blanks is it's great it's great to uh, to see yeah um so just a little bit of homework up top the creative team for this is jeff Loeb is the writer tim sale is the artist letters by west abbott and richard starklings colorist is steve book i never could say his name <laughs> buka salado sure uh editor kelly lamy joe casada nancy casada and Brown Taggart. Um, now, as you know, with these are things, I'll be kind of glancing past. Uh, we'll pause and then you can uh, tell me what was on your mind when you were reading it. But um, our story starts off with our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man web slinging through New York City. But instead of his usual narration, it seems we we're given narration by means of a recording device Peter is using. He explains that he believes that things have to get really bad before they get good. We learned that this was recorded on Valentine's Day and this and that Peter isn't really feeling in the mood to celebrate. Instead, he feels like reminiscing over how he and Gwen Stacy fell in love, or in his words, almost didn't. With that description, this story is reframed as a trip down memory lane as Peter spends his Valentine's Day with the woman he loved and lost. He heads to the bridge where Gwen died and leaves a rose, stating he does this every Valentine's Day. Symbolically, as he swings away, the rose is blown off the bridge and falls to the ground below. I was like, that didn't have to do that. <laughs> it was harsh. It was harsh, man. It was harsh. Like, oh. I was like, Oof. yeah, that, that, like right there, plain as day. Um, we can't talk about Gwen's death without mentioning the menacing Green Goblin. Uh, you see, um, Peter and this fearsome foe at this point in time both knew each other's secret identities, as you were talking about. Um, and Norman as the Goblin had successfully captured Peter as Spider-Man. Spidey lets his jokes lull Goblin into a false sense of security before escaping and declaring that it's time to end this once and for all. The fight gets intense and they levy insults at one another until Peter makes fun of Harry and Norman tosses a pumpkin bomb at the hero for disrespecting his son. I thought all of this was hilarious. <laughs> like he was just saying, like he's like, he's like, uh, Bro, you're the one who brought up Harry. Like, why you tell you? All I did was say I didn't like him very much. Right, and, right, and I'm yeah. and 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 even that, like that that relationship he has with his son, is is another dimension to to the Green Goblin. It's yes, yeah. he he he's he he he's caused Harry a disappointment, but in the same in the same vein, you can't talk badly about Harry, right? Because yep. he 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 does love his son. Um, right. so it's, it's like, that's such an, another, like, what the, like, you're, you're insane, dude. But it, duality, it's, it's the, yeah, both sides yeah. at all times. It's bonkers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he tosses the, he, he pulls the Spider-Man three, right? He tosses the, <laughs> the pumpkin yeah. bomb back at him. Uh, it causes this huge explosion that knocks out the founder of Oscorp. 
Uh, when he comes to, he's disoriented, and he doesn't seem to remember being the Green Goblin. Now, this is something that actually happened, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, um, a, where there was a point in time where when Norman was, he he wasn't faking, or or I don't know if I don't know because you know how comics are. I don't know if they mm-hmm. retconned it that he was faking the entire time, but at, there was a long point in time where he was not the Green Goblin. People thought the Green Goblin was dead, and he was he had he had he had memory loss. And they and mm-hmm. just like they do in this series, where they constantly hint that he's you know still got mind issues and that Green Goblin entity is trying to push its way out. There was a point right. in time where where Green Goblin was just was, wasn't around, and people were convinced he was dead. Right, which is they kind of play off in this. I love that this is something that they ended up imparting into the live action Green Goblin with Willem Dafoe. I think he does a great like. Wh- where am I? What, what, what was I doing? What do you mean? What am mm-hmm. I wearing? Kind of stuff. Like, it makes you sympathetic. Like, it almost it almost catches you. And Peter says it here. Like, I almost don't want to believe him, but he he seemingly doesn't know where he's at. Right. Um, with Norman seemingly cured, he gets him to a hospital and declares the Goblin dead. He makes some money at the bugle for his photos of Spidey taking on the Goblin, and later comforts Harry at the hospital when he visits Norman. While Norman's other, sorry, while Harry's other friends arrive to support him, Peter sees Gwen Stacy for the first time and turns into a puddle. Oh man! And even the way Sale that 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 panel where, I mean, we've all experienced that, right? We've all had that one girl who who you remember she looked at you and and you maybe made eye contact with her and that 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 one or two seconds it was just like whoa. The whole world and, just slows down. Yeah, <laughs> the, the yeah, sun shines and, a little brighter. <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, your your legs go a little weak. Yeah, and, and the way the way uh, Sale drew drew her face, and and that's the great thing. It's not even a whole a page. It's just it's 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 the bottom panel of the page. Yeah, and even in looking at it right now, I'm like, yeah. If this if this woman looked at me, especially at, at the, like say at that point in time, I, I, yeah. I you you f- you feel what Peter's feeling where he says, yeah, I turn into a puddle. Because yeah, like you know, Gwen Stacy's a, a beautiful girl, and he know. I, I'm not sure if at this point he he know he knew how intelligent she was, you know. Right. But that's that's something that that just adds to it for him. Like wow, this just beautiful girl. I never got any attention like this in in high school from girls, and she's brilliant. Come on, come on. Yeah, and like you said, I think she's always kind of been portrayed as the girl next door in a lot of ways, and this series gives her that. But she's also drawn sultry like she's drawn as if she's flirting with her eyes on occasion or using body language to sort of uh you know flirt around with peter which is something that you kind of want to see with the characters that you want to get together so i thought that was a lot of fun yeah Um, probably as much fun as trying to convince your aunt that you should get a motorcycle which is what peter (laughs) tries to do (laughs) he's like uh i like on me and pete in this i don't know if this is how it's always been but they like Aunt May is like legit in this. A lot of the stories that I would go on to read, she's not ve- she's not there very much. But in this, she seems smart as a whip. She seems to get Peter's moods fairly quickly and kind of know what's going on. And a lot of times they want to depict her as an old lady who's just in the next room and doesn't understand what's happening. <laughs> uh, but in this particularly, she seems pretty on it. Is that a normal characterization for no, her? No, 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 no. If you go back and read old school Aunt May, she was the lady was oblivious. Um, <laughs> Tim uh, Jeff Loeb definitely adds depth to her, um, and 
gives gives more to her by having these little scenes that she has uh throughout this series with with her and pete where yeah. you know he's he's kind of flirting around oh man what, what do i do about this and she's just like no you you need to do something you, you hear, go get a motorcycle this this yeah. will this will help you <laughs> get it done and he's just like wow you know and and i love the fact that like you said it, it it's just very endearing moments and he constantly calls her aunt may but really, it's mom. It's his mom. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because who he, he his parents died when he was a kid. She's been raising him ever since. So, yeah, it's just super endearing, and and even the even the fact that she's pulling money out of the cookie jar. Yeah, you know, like that, that's a, that feels like so old school. You know, I feel like uh, not not to I'm not speaking poorly of today's generation. I'm just saying, in in my dealing with. Um, younger kids nowadays the fact that like my babysitter comes over and i can just be like yeah i'm a venue venmo yeah. venmo yeah, that yeah, money yeah, to yeah. you yeah. you got that cool thank you for taking care of my kids yeah I, it, it made me miss the idea of yeah man, remember we used to like hide cash everywhere in your house right for those just in case emergencies you don't really do that anymore you know like or there's still probably people... a generation of kids that are not getting fives handed to them in a in a handshake by <laughs> relatives yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah, hold, yeah here yeah, hold on to that I... get you some something nice <laughs> you know what i mean now nowadays like i said you, you got these kids again venmo or or like people are, oh yeah i put i put 20 bucks on your roblox account yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Like what? 100%. Yeah, I got you. you know what I mean? Fortnite skins you want, the kid. Ex exactly. <laughs> exactly. So to see like even that little scene, like oh yeah, right. That that's cute. That's cute. That's like an old school mom, you know, uh, trick. You know, you 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 put money in secret little places, and here, yeah. oh you you need something? I got you. Here you go. Go 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 get that thing you need. Right. So it's a it's a cute little endearing moment. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, she gives him money uh, that her and Uncle Ben were saving for Peter's first car, but he seems to want a bike, so she's like, "Just don't kill yourself." Uh, Pete gets a bike and uses it to impress Gwen, who joins him for a joyride. Unbeknownst to Peter, a woman stops by his house looking for him and bets that Peter will be sorry he ever missed her. This is like one of the worst kept secrets, right? Like this is like one of those. Like, <laughs> uh, you, everyone kind of knew who it was, and that silhouette don't lie. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, no, it does not. Die. No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and 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 it, and it's cool. Like even that motorcycle part, that that's like one of the one of those moments in in the original comic run that does occur. Like Pete does get a get a motorcycle. So to revisit that in a miniseries with this new twist to it, it's it's just cool. It's like oh man, like like that, that's one of those things. Like Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, here they are paying homage to these scenes in the original runs while adding to it. Not changing it, not not butchering it, but appreciating it while elevating it for at the time a new generation for me, you know. Because right. at the time I didn't read that those I didn't know that I'm thinking this is almost like a brand new story that was never quite told right. when it's not. It's a, it's a it's a it's a it's the old to story with just a little bit more flavor to it, and and it's 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 really really cool. Really, really right, cool. because it goes from it goes from a story of Peter buying a motorcycle and issue, you know, made Spider-Man, let's say I'm making this up, 32, to oh, when Peter bought that bike, the first person he ever rode on it was Gwen Stacy. And right. that's the love of his life, and she would go on to die. Like all of that now adds so much weight to what seemingly is just a random joyride. Now it, it has so much more gravitas, and I love when they do that. I love when they do that. I hate when they make things fate. 
You know? Right. Like, I hate right. when, it, when you find out, right. like, oh, the ancient spider gods put Gwen on that street that day so that they could. No, no, no. I like this stuff. This stuff is way better to me. Ex exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. Um, Spider Spidey reiterates that he and Gwen's story is one that should be remembered and continues recounting how they fell in love. We see that news of Goblin's death has caused another shadowy figure to target Batman from the shadows. In class, Peter and Gwen become fast friends over their intellect and even plan a study session that night, although Flash tries to cockblock. Flash needs to relax in this comic. <laughs> my man, my man's trying to hit everything and anything. And then I love at one point he's walking around, he's like, What is going on? Like I used to be the man of this school mm -hmm. and it's not working. Parker of all people. So funny. Yeah, I mean, it just just in the first few pages, this we're on the, the second issue now. Yeah. In the first, like that the the first double page spread, which is like after the first page. Where Spidey's hanging upside down, he's reading the news mm -hmm. at, at a at a newsstand. I don't know yep. if people know what that is anymore. <laughs> and he's reading the news. the 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 old wino looking uh, uh, newsstand shop owners giving him, extra, "Hey man, extra. give give, yeah. give me give me twenty five cents already, please stop reading the damn paper for free." Right, you Same know. Library. And it's the landscape is beautiful because again, sale is just knocking it out of the park. And then when you see, you know, Pete getting to know Gwen at school that there's, there's one panel where Gwen's Gwen's like, I was saying like how Pete is seeing that. Wow. Not only is she beautiful, but she's brilliant. And sale sells that when he, she's looking through a, a beaker and one mm -hmm. of her eyes is enhanced by the yeah. beaker. So it's like, okay, you already notice how, how pretty this girl is, but to then see it through that science lens is like, oh, she's also the scientist and she's, she's, playing with microscopes and she's sitting in front of the periodic table and like Pete even can even knows it. Like I got no game. I got no game, <laughs> but for some reason, this girl likes me and how do I do this? Oh, and by the way, this monkey of a man over here keeps, keeps like you said, cockblocking. So what yeah. the heck, what, what, what am I going to do? You, you said it perfectly with the, um, the, not the magnifying glass. What, what, what do you call it? I forgot what it's. Telescope, right? Beaker, beaker, the beaker, the, the beaker, the, the beaker, beaker and stuff. Um, it it almost it's almost asking us to examine her closer. You know, the same thing, the same way that something is not, especially in science, right? Something can be one thing, but under a lens, under a microscope, with a closer look, it could be something completely different. There, this is this series is almost asking us to look closer at Gwen and not look at her as the caricature as you said before you know just the squeaky clean uh goody two-shoes nice smart gwen they, there's so many different facets to her one of the things i like the most about her and even mj is how they do rebuff flashes <laughs> flashes uh i guess um attention or uh, requests or, or whatever you want to call it advances so, so advances yeah you know, yeah yeah, yeah. All, just... all, all of that and I love that when I, it happens later on, Flash is like, oh, what the hell is going on with Parker or whatever? And Gwen's like, yo, you don't know nothing about that kid. Like, you, you're making a lot of assumptions. You don't even know him. So you right. need to relax. And I was like, damn, I'm on like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's right. No, it is. It's right here, right? It says, uh, it's, uh, I'm here with uh, Pete. Oh, no, no. I, oh, I went way ahead. Yeah, you know, uh, you, 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 I know, I know what part you're talking about. That that's another yes, uh, later yeah, issue. Later issue. That, that's in the next issue. Yeah, you're right, right, hundred percent. So 
Yeah, uh, as Spidey, he later web slings past the rhino in his holding cell being sedated by gas. Someone knocks out Rhino's guards and flushes the cell, clearing the air and awakening the villain. As Peter negotiates his pay with J. Jonah at the bugle, he hears about the Rhino wreaking havoc in the city and suits up to stop him. The Rhino is fast and his strength rivals Spidey's own, but Peter uses his wits to outmaneuver the man-beast. Rhino manages to get away, but Spider-Man manages to get a hold of a piece of his hide, aka the suit that makes him impenetrable, and takes it to his old pal Doc Connors to see if he can create something to counteract it. And I'm like, look at Doc Connors. <laughs> Just nope. Chilling. Like, you know, sometimes he's a he's a homicidal murderer, sometimes he's just a, a good old doctor. The they thing do that I found a lot of the animated the, series that yeah, the thing I, I, I really Yeah, no, but not just that. The thing I found funny about this whole battle he's having with the rhino because as i'm as i was rereading it you know he he has a fight with the rhino the rhino knocks over a building Mm -hmm. spidey like you said gets a piece of the skin and then he's like hey i'm gonna go take this to a buddy of mine y'all got this yeah i'm gone yeah and they're like he's not going anywhere (laughs) like like, wait a minute wait wait a minute did you just leave the cops to deal with a hulk level threat yeah so you could i mean though granted he's going to get a solution but the cops don't know that you know what I mean? Right. Think about how he's viewed in the news. Like, this is not helping your stock right now, Spidey. You just left in the middle of this this, uh, this uh, destruction and all this chaos. God knows how many people are dead in these buildings. And you're like, yo, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I went I went over this part a couple of times because I was taking my notes. I wanted to get it right. And I'm like, I guess Rhino just gets away. It just shows Rhino hitting a brick wall. And then Spider-Man is web swinging away with a piece of his hide. And the cops are like, yeah, he's not going to go anywhere or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know uh, that's true. I'm pretty sure a building is not going to stop the rhino, which we <laughs> quickly see. So he's, he's, he's in the lab and there, he's discussing and, and you're kind of quickly going over um, the horror that is Kurt Connors' is, is life because we, we all know him as a lizard. And, and they do mention that, it, that he's a lizard in this. That, yeah. that, that's something that's well known. But then as soon as they come up with uh, their scientific solution to deal with the rhino, you were immediately then seen, yeah, Rhino still rampaging through the city. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. That that show never went to commercial. You know, we're just waiting on you, Spidey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Doc Connors, aka the Lizard, seems controlling his body at this time. And um, remembering something that Gwen said, together the the two create a solution that could counteract Rhino's armor. So even Gwen's helping, even when she's not around. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah, she she had she 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 made a statement earlier about polymers and breaking mm-hmm. breaking them down, and Pete uses that, and he's like, yeah, so yeah, just adding so much depth to this character and so much more charm to her. Um, Spidey finds Rhino causing more havoc and uses his new anti-Rhino webbing to bind him. After he knocks over a water pump and comes in contact with the H two O, the water and webbing together dissolve Rhino's hide. Spidey knocks the criminal out cold and lets the cops apprehend him as a shadowy figure looks on. Now, I I know who the shadowy figure is. Was this shadowy figure in the original run and was it always this person? Um, I honestly do not recall. And I'm, I'm okay. going to go ahead and say no. I don't think this is. I, they, they, I think <laughs> right. this whole thing was this inserted story uh, with, that, with that character. And I'll be honest with you. I, I, remember, I remember when I read this the first time way back when mm-hmm. and just like how because i mean i don't want to say damn it this character <laughs> this this character at that time was another long dead character 
uh, who you only knew of in like the mythos of Spider-Man. Like, yeah, remember that story arc? Yeah. So I was like, as I'm reading that, I remember when as I was reading this going, who is this dude? Who is this dude? Right. You know what I mean? Only, only to now look at it like it's so freaking obvious who this dude is. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so so it, it it was just it's it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah, I'm like trying to figure it out, and I'm like I I I know who I think it is. At what point, at some points, I'm thinking it's Norman on like some kind of split personality thing where he doesn't realize he's going out at night and you know uh you know enlisting people's help obviously the fur on the coat at one point i'm thinking it's adrian tomb i'm like what's, what the fuck is the vulture doing walking around paying people to assassinate other people but we get him later on so that you well, know, i thought that with, knocks- with, the, with the with the with the furry with the furry jacket i was i remember with the first time around i was thinking it was um chameleon because i know oh, okay. chameleon yeah. would sometimes wear the furry jacket and i was like right. okay what's what's going on with this guy yeah right yeah i'm gonna leave but, it there um Yes. Peter gets all spiffy as he gets ready for his date with Gwen, or I guess you should say study session with Gwen. But he forgot he promised Aunt May that he would meet her best friend's niece. Some some rando named Mary Jane Watson. Ugh, I guess I'm gonna have to entertain her. She's already the doorbell already rang before he realizes the doorbell rings and Aunt May opens the door and Peter I love that shot. It's like her eyes, Peter in her mouth. Mm-hmm really really expressive really really makes it work and she even utters her classic line face it uh face a tiger you've hit you just hit the jackpot yes sir yep yep, yep. Yep. Uh, um yeah i mean that that for me was reading it was something i didn't know because again to me mary jane was the the character that came around after gwen stacy yeah so i never it never clicked to me until i read the series that holy crap both of these girls existed at the same time because i always thought that gwen died and then he meets mj yeah i didn't know that mj was also around so when i read this the first time i was like no way like like these two girls existed at the same time like you pete you dog (laughs) (laughs) i love how uh harry gives him shit for later on (laughs) yeah 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 and so you know here here he is meeting meeting her and immediately recognizing oh like, cause like you said, he's thinking he's meeting some like homely girl, like, like who's, cause remember again, in Pete's mind, he's nobody like who, yeah. who wants anyone who's trying to get me to meet their niece that apparently yeah. has all this time to meet me must not be something grand. Right. And then when and, the and door- it's your aunt, it's your aunt when your aunt's like, Hey, you've, we've all been there where like a family member's like, Hey, I vaguely know someone around your age and they'll be coming by. So you guys might have some things to talk about. It's like that, you know that's I mean? very yeah, yeah. big. I don't. I don't. Um, what am I supposed to go off here? And the same thing with Peter. He's like, I guess I. I did tell you that I'd meet her, so I guess I'm down for it. And then he sees basically what would amount to a supermodel later on in her career. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and that's the thing. Like, no matter what, like this is going on for like a couple weeks. Yeah. So yeah, think about it. If 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 you if you're constantly being told this girl has all this time to meet you, that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a like. Or I've been kind of trying to blow her off. Because if anyone you're trying to hook me up with is probably 
uh, some bingo loving, you know, <laughs> right, reg- right. you know what I mean? Something shuffle and board. Now, <laughs> right, right. And now for two or three weeks, you've been she's been available and coming here because in the previous mm-hmm. issue, you saw she she shows up at the end and oh, well, he's not home. Okay, I guess I'll go back to knitting. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, who can this possibly be? And 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 it's Mary Jane Watson. You know, like right. you said, she, the the woman who would go on to become a, a supermodel and an actress, uh, Tony Stark's uh, uh, yeah, right hand woman for for a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, and numerous numerous other things. Right. So How here she is. How about beginnings? Yep. yep. Uh, Peter admits in his recording in the next issue that it isn't very smart to talk about one girl about another, to talk to one girl about another, but MJ is a key to Gwen and Pete falling in love. Pete asks MJ to meet her at the diner, and MJ gets there first and introduces herself to Norman, Flash, Gwen, and the others. Uh, Flash is trying to hit on her immediately, um, but Peter shows up. Gwen teases him a little bit about MJ, but it's harmless, and when Flash says he doesn't get it, Stacy defends Peter. That's what I meant when he was like, she was like, like he's like, oh, how does that loser? And she's like, you don't even know him. Don't, don't talk about him all crazy. I'm like Gwen, let me find out. Um, yeah, I I love that MJ's like Gwen's cute if you like blondes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, she's yeah, yeah. And and the and the line the line that uh, that she says to him is uh, Flash. What you know about Peter Parker couldn't fill a thimble. Like you right. guys don't understand this man's potential. You 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 know so so little about him, right? And I I just love that, you know, Pete's walking into this place now with the girl he's <laughs> really interested in, but yeah. with the with the with the girl that's now like everybody in the room is looking at, like who is that? Right. Yeah. And there and this is where you start to notice the subtle differences between, or, or not so subtle between mj and and gwen you know gwen M- mj's constantly running her mouth you know she's hey pd here i have yeah. a french Nicknames fry and and, yeah. and you know and she's you know she eats normal uh harry's fries she's like yeah, I, yeah, i've yeah. never met you before but i'll take yeah, you know she's just constantly just running her mouth and gwen is quiet she's and she only drops a couple like quick one-liners at one point she's where where after mj calls him pd and she's feeding him french fries she's like oh she's quite the girl pd you know where have you been keeping her and that's really all she says she's right. she's keeps to herself you know i'm pretty sure as she heard what what mj said to her about the whole oh you know if you, you think she's attractive in that sort of blonde way and she right. doesn't really say anything about it she's yeah. just like yeah whatever man you were you're a hater <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is what it is and i and again i don't know you from adam you literally just showed up so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and just a difference in their outfits you know uh, you know gwen is mostly covered She's got mm-hmm. a sweater on, cardigan, you know, her her hair back in a, I, I, I don't know what you call those, hook around your head things. Oh, headband? No, that's, <laughs> a, that's a better name yeah. for that, right? Yeah, a- yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's whereas, whereas MJ's hair is just all over the place. Her shoulders are exposed. She's got a low-cut shirt. She's wearing a very tight mini skirt. You know, and even too- though, and even though she don't fuck with Flash, she was leaning on that jukebox. You know, she she knew what she was doing. Right, right. And then everybody, and what what are they saying in the background? Who is that girl? Who that you know, girl? like yeah, you know what I mean. So it, the competition's there, and and Pete, Pete, like in revisiting oblivious. this now, no, <laughs> he no, no he, he he he's oblivious, but at the same time, he knows 
But in revisiting it now, it, it, I look at it and go like, God damn, like, bro, Pete, you're, you're kind of looking bad right now. Cause yeah, you, you know what I mean? It's like you, it, it, in, in today, like nowadays, if something like this happens, you're put on blast immediately. Like, yo, you showing yeah. up with another girl around the girl that everybody knows you like. Right. You, you, you're going to be going, you're going to be getting some messages from somebody somehow, some way, some Twitter messages or, or some DM messages like, yo, you're a dirtbag, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, when they leave the diner, they leave on his motorcycle, which would probably be like, oh, a day or two since Gwen was on the motorcycle. Right. <laughs> so it's like, uh, right. things are getting a little bit messy, Parker. And he thinks he, he, just, he can just chill with her in the diner and have some coffee. But unfortunately, now it doesn't seem like to be the best time for coffee because we got a news report that says the police are looking for the lizard in Penn Station. And Pete's like, I just like I just hung out with this. Mother. Right. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what could have happened? And the funny thing is, last time he hung out with him, Doc Connors was like, yo, I'm taking my family to Florida, man. Like, I'm over all this. Um, I now now literally as it came out of my mouth, I just realized is that because there's like alligators in Florida? Is that is that is that why he's coming to Florida? The lizard personality was like, I want to go hang out with crocodile alligators and stuff. Yeah. Sunbathe, stand out, stand outside and sunbathe. These damn seasons, damn cold blooded damn. Oh, we're about to get to that, too. So it makes a lot of sense that he would choose that. Yep. Uh, and, and I love that MJ tells Peter, yeah, go ahead. Like, go take pictures. Like, you don't need my permission. Like, go ahead and do it. Um, but she and also she, and, says, and no, no, I'm coming. Not only, no, 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 right. She's, she's coming and she's intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of his other friends are always like, well, I mean, you see how Pete makes excuses to not hang out with us? Right. She sees it as, yo, you're, you have this exciting job and I'm yeah. going to help you with it. And it's you legitimate. Know? Like it is your job. I I know what your job. So why am I going to give you crap for it? I I I acknowledge what you do, and now is the time for you to do what you do. And I'm coming with you. So they ride his motorcycle, and when they get to the crime scene, like you were just saying, MJ showcases how her ability to get attention can be helpful because she distracts a police officer. That guy's just fumbling and bumbling, and yeah. Peter gets right behind the police tape. And I'm like, wow. 80s. There it is. Part, part, <laughs> part, partner, partner in crime immediately. You know? Um, so, after suiting up as Spidey, Pete sees Doc Connor's family at Penn Station waiting for the good doctor. And he thinks to himself that he hopes that he has the kind of love that Mr. and Mrs. Connors have with one another before actually finding the lizard in the sewer. Yeah. The, rep- the reptile tries to get him hit by a train. All of this is drawn beautifully, by the way. All the fights drawn really, really well. Yeah, um, they're, they're super dynamic, and I loved how gnarly scaly, like the scales on the lizard weren't pretty. You know, you know. You, a lot of times you see an actual reptile, it's like, oh, look at the beautiful pattern in the scales. This lizard abomination really yeah. looks gross, and that's it, it just enhances the the threat of him. Like, oh, wow, this thing is a gnarly looking creature. Let's let, This thing could kill Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's no mistaking he's a monster. This guy is a monster. And um, I like I said, like the, my thing in superhero fights sometimes, especially when depicted, it, it's hard to, you know, storyboard them. And oftentimes I don't know where they are, right? Like I don't know, like he punched him, but where did he go? And stuff, stuff like this. And I, they have a perfect moment where um, Connors is grabbing Peter and is literally waiting for a train to come and hit them. And Peter 
manages to jump and use his strength to get them both up above the train. But when they both fall down, they fall on opposite sides of the train. Once the train leaves, he loses Connors. Like all of that makes sense. But it's up to them to draw those very particular panels to get your mind to go where they want want them to go. Yep. This isn't a case like the Rhino where I had to look real hard at like what happened. This was like mm-hmm. okay, this is very obvious as to where where people are going in this direction. So um, uh, we I did the whole thing with the train. Um, he goes he goes and, and meets up with him. Disappears. Oh yeah, because he, he loses the lizard too. Again, right. just like right now, that's why that's why I got confused. Uh, he manages to dodge it and loses the lizard as a result. Peter comes out of the tunnel and thanks MJ for getting him inside, so he could take good pictures. She sees a welt on his head and kisses it. She also calls Peter her guy, but when Peter tells her he has to go to the bugle to turn in some photos, she says, "Go ahead," and takes off. Um, I love this moment. <laughs> I really, really love this moment because. She, I don't really think she's playing hard to get. I think she's being honest about like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to go have fun somewhere else. Like, I think she really does feel like she has those options. I think she, it is true. Wherever MJ goes, the party goes. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, and that's definitely right. Can you, you see that immediately. She, she already established that from her first appearance and and earlier in the issue, Mm -hmm. the, the place is jumping because she's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, okay. You can totally see that this is that's this that's her her personality at this time. Now later on in in the Mythos of Spider-Man, they they delve into why she's like this, okay. which really fleshes her character out and you you get a better understanding of why she acts this way. Mm-hmm. Um and that and that's one of those things that later on really enhances her and why I think most people will say MJ is Peter's uh true true girl. Because yeah. of just how much she's had to overcome and and deal with, whereas you know Gwen Gwen really had the the life. She yeah. had this, you know. She grew up in a great home. Her dad was a police captain. She was on her way to 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 good school, to good career. You know, it wasn't until later on in in the in the Gwen mythos that they had to throw a throw a throw a. A BS um, a tragic past in her where they had her hook up with Norman Osborn. Uh, you remember that? that that's and, one more day, right? No, that was um, not one more day. Uh, since past, since past, since past. Yeah, which, since which past. they finally in 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 the in the uh, Nick Spencer run finally retcon. fixed all that retcon. Like, yeah, come yeah. on, man. There's no it reason. Was Mysterio. To, <laughs> yeah, there was no reason to to throw her name in the mud like that and make her into some kind of hoochie. You no, know what I mean? That was no. gross. But you know, MJ MJ has more of that um, <sighs> humanistic and uh, tragic past that you that she's overcome, and everybody went on the ride with her. So, and then you you, you know, seeing these scenes, some from some of the from that perspective, you're like, okay, you know, you know why she's acting this way, right? But at the same time, you know, she means it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even in the '90s, like I remember there were there were some issues when like Venom would be running around, and Peter's Peter's like, "Yo, all right, Venom's on the prowl. I gotta go find MJ. What's the newest nightclub that opened? That's where she'll be." <laughs> and and then you where you see her, you see her in with all her hair out and her she's in her go go boots and she's just dancing the night away. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I you people who know MJ, this this is MJ. This is MJ. 
And I, I think it speaks to two different things there. Like uh, with her being able to be like, okay, well, you're going that way. I'm going this way. It immediately eliminates any kind of codependency that you could see sometimes with characters like this when they're only created as the love interest. They're literally, like I said before, following the character around like a puppy dog. Where did he go? Why is he lying to me? He said he'd be here at three. He's not. It's three or one. He's not here. All of that. You know, they they she obviously has those moments. But in this, they're trying to establish that she is her own person. And when, like you said, all of this stuff is tied to deeper stuff in her, in her like mental pathos. Um, then we fall in love with her a second time again when we realize that she's as flawed as the reader. I think love in general is never as clean or as perfect as we want it to be on time no. like it is in the movies and stuff. Um, and part of true love is coming to terms with understanding and loving sometimes the uglier parts of our partners mm -hmm. and um dare i say because of her short life we may have not gotten to those points with gwen so right. she doesn't become three-dimensional because we didn't get to see all facets of her and it's not the character's fault you know she was used to a certain point and now with mj they had no choice if they wanted her to not become a caricature like everybody else they had to add dimensions and kind of explain this this nature because while it is um wild and carefree eventually we want her to you know kind of get on the straight and narrow with our boy pd here and be yes. honest about why that lifestyle is one that attracts her versus the lifestyle she knows pete wants or or that uh more so suits pete so yeah i think all that stuff works here Definitely. And yeah. And now now we now we get back to the lizard being <laughs> all, lizard. All, all, all lizard fun. Yes, sir. I love this. Remembering that uh, Doc Connors and the lizard don't share the same memory. Peter's like, OK, so he's just probably at Connors place looking for more like reptile DNA so he can infect other people. So he yes. goes there and yeah, he's he, that's exactly where he's at. And so he uses liquid nitrogen um, to slow the beast down before knocking him out. Uh, and he hears Doc Connor's family looking for him, you know, because he didn't appear at Penn Station. They were all out to go to Florida. Everybody was hype. And uh, I love this moment. He hears them. So instead of just leaving Doc as he is, he cures Doc just in time for him to open the door and have him embrace his family. Like that's Peter Parker to me. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and a little a little Easter egg in there. I love when he opens the door and says, hey, there, true believers. Yeah. Yeah. Little little yeah. wink to our boy Stan, you know? Yep. You know, st um, huh? Stan, Stan said that he actually, you know, characterized uh, Gwen after his wife, Joan. So yes. that, that makes mm -hmm. a lot that makes a lot of sense as well as uh, the, just the true tie he had to the character of Spider-Man and everybody who makes up his universe in a way. Yeah, it's all it's all even from the, the the using New York City as as the backdrop is he he but they tell him write what you know. All right, mm -hmm. everything's gonna happen in New York City. Right and outside my City, window, man. Right, right. New and New York City has been destroyed and rebuilt numerous times because of it. <laughs> Thank you, damage control. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um yeah, no, it's a beautiful moment is uh, how Spider Man's able to save the day and also save the character of, of Kurt Connors. Cause at this point in the, in the history of, of that character, the family doesn't really understand how detrimental the, the lizard persona is to Kurt Connors. Um, I'm pretty sure they, they, they knew that he right. turned into this person, this creature mm -hmm. could, could do, do it, but didn't understand the, the psychological plight 
and it's it's one of the better stories of the lizard uh, that would come along years later. This was back in probably like the mid two thousands. Okay, little uh, where where he the lizard goes because the lizard even even its worst state still even when he wanted to turn people into lizards and, and just kill everybody and re, re, you know bring back bring back the dinosaurs or whatever <laughs> right he, he he still harbored some of that love for his wife and child right. a later story has him actually kill them and it's oh, wow. it's it's yeah it's it's gru- and it's gruesome he does it in. in I just a remember him trying way. to turn them into lizards. <laughs> I remember there was a point of the story. I can't remember exactly which one. Well, no, I don't know if he turned them into lizards. I don't remember that story. But there, but later on, he's able to resurrect them because of um, the the jackals cloning process. Uh... But the way he perfects the jackals cloning process, because apparently, like they're not. They're not um like they're not word? tangible. Like they they'll they're go not, away. They, they, they they'll, 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 they'll disappear. He adds the reptilian DNA to them, and so that must be what they, I was thinking of. Yeah, so that that's how he's able to save them. I don't remember if he perfected it to the point where they no longer look that way. I think they still, as far as I remember, still look look like the scaly skin. Right. Um. But but that's how they brought you know because you know in comics everybody freaking comes back but that lizard story where where the lizard kills uh wife and son it was that was like that that story still sticks with me like that moment of yo he just murdered his wife and child and now he wants to and continue like to, to show how serious he is about no i'm now i'm really want to get rid of humans right and just bring about the the lizard dynasty so to speak and it was <laughs> it, it was quite gruesome I also like that, like I said earlier, you know, Pete's doing all this, but he's also like, damn, she loves him. Like, damn, I want it. I want something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yeah, bro. Like, that's that's a, that's a ride or die right there. Um, When he gets home, Harry is sitting on his steps waiting for him. He explains that he came to ask him two things. Would he like to be his roommate rent-free because they're going to be staying at his father's apartment? And if he would mind if he dated Mary Jane. Peter says he will talk to his Aunt May about the move, but that him and MJ are just friends. Harry's like, oh, well, that's good. So I'm going to try to hit that. And uh, by the way, Gwen has been giving you the eye. So uh, I think everything's going to be fine with you. And Peter seems surprised. I don't know why. He's just not paying attention. He's not just not. Attention. And like, I, like I said earlier, he's got no game. He's, he, I mean, and I, I, can you blame him at the same time? He's got all this stuff going on in the background. You yeah. know, up until up until this moment, you know, he's living in, at home with his with his aunt. He's trying to go to school. He's a photographer. He's trying to make a little bit of money. He's got a crush on this girl who he doesn't quite get the hint that she's kind of into him. Mm-hmm. And now he's got this other girl who just showed up, calling her my guy yep. and kissing all up on him. But in the meantime, he's like he said, he's being a hero, and not just a a generic hero. He's being a hero to people who matter to him. Like he right. just saved Kurt Connors and his family, mm-hmm. so he's got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if he has any any like defeatism in his mind because, you, like you said, he's already come up with this logic that every time things go good, they go bad, 
or yes, vice versa. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a common, that's, a, that's something he constantly says throughout the story, yes. You know, so it could also be a case of like anytime things kind of seem to go good, he kind of like, you know, shies away from it because he's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. Um, and it, it causes him to not be able to soak in the moment and realize what's actually going on around him, which, you know, I think we've all been there in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he, so here he is. Like you said, oh man, all this good just got dumped on him. Bro, I'm going to let you live in a rich man's apartment with me for free. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl you like, bro, she likes you. Oh, and by the way, I can get the distraction away from you too. Yep. Yep. This is this is, is, is that's a, that's a this is a lot of good. So, so you know what that means. <laughs> you know, some, some bad is on its way. This bus is never late. So uh Peter psychs himself up to ask Aunt May if he can move in with Harry, but she gets ahead of it by asking Peter if he minds if she and MJ's aunt became roommates. Uh, she begs Peter not to be mad at her, but also lets him know that she knows about Harry's roommate invitation and thinks that he should take it. She also tells him that if he doesn't want Harry with MJ, he should have told him so. <laughs> I love that little aunt dig of like, I don't really like, like later on, she's like, I don't really like him too much. Yeah, yeah. She's a yeah. good. She's she's a good judge of character. Um, what I love when the way this whole scene is introduced is the 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 narration that's going on for the story is that Peter's talking, like I said, into a voice recorder, getting his feelings and uh, recollections as down as, as how important Gwen is. Right. In this moment, he's like rewinding the tape. He's he's you know. So in the background of the narration, you're he's they're they're literally putting the that sound of a, of a tape being rewound. They're, yep. But in the scenes, because there's no because there's no narration, it's it's there's no dialogue, right? And that no dialogue is so well inserted into that awkwardness because there's no dialogue on top of that because he doesn't know how to bring this up. Hey, hundred percent. I want I want to leave the house to go live with this person that you're not really a fan of, right? And by the way, I got this love triangle going on. And then on top of that, I have this whole part of my life that I can't talk to you or anyone else about. And I know your husband's dead, but you're going to kind of have to stay in this house by yourself. So, right. Right. But then like a great, like the great motherly scene we had in an earlier issue, Aunt May shows that I'm not just this dawdling uh, old lady. I know what's going on and this is going to benefit everybody. She's hip. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, oh yeah, because she says something like a, the, her, the bachelor pad or whatever. She says it wrong, bachelor pan yeah, or something. Yeah, well, and in, in, in that matter, <laughs> right, right. But just the just the fact that like how it all comes out, where yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, can I can I move out? And I would know. And she's she's like, yeah, because I want I want to live um, with with um, MJ's aunt. MJ's aunt, right? With yeah. uh, what, why am I blanking on her name? I forget as well too. I don't have it here. <laughs> I just have uh, her friend's house. <laughs> it's killing me because she's a. Uh, for a while, she was actually a pretty important character. I think in the Straczynski run, she shows up quite a bit. It's gonna mm-hmm. irk me. It's gonna irk me. Uh, and Anne? is it Anne? Mm-hmm. I'm looking through here now. I feel like it's. Aunt May, uh, it says it, it. She says it when she says she wants to move in. Oh, with you, you, you were, you were close. My pa- Anna Watson. Anna. Anna. I said Anna. Anna. You said Anne. Anna. Anna yeah. Watson. There Anna you go. Watson. Anna, Anna Watson. Watson. So it's it's all 
it's all again a, a great you know motherly scene i love the, the 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 constant way that tim draws hands to show you know that that affection of hand holding even even when it's not a romantic it's just it's just you know mother son hand holding and how that that loving bond is shown there yeah this this whole conversation was very endearing and, and cute you know you just you just gotta love it i so, also love that in true Parker fashion, every time things get too sentimental, whatever, he cracks a joke, but she's down with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's not too old to either, like, because he makes fun of her on occasion. Not obviously mean-spirited, right? But he, like, mm -hmm. throws a couple jokes he, at her, and she, she'll throw yeah. him right back. And I, I right. love that. Yeah. Well, you clean that milk mustache you got off your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fun, funny guy, you know? And he's like, and he's like uh, you know, you guys can, can be roommates. I'm just worried about you guys being up at all night, you know, having parties. Yeah, all types and all of parties kind of and police, yeah, police like, being called in. It's so wholesome. They're joking around, yeah. but it's so wholesome. Yeah, yeah. The exact opposite of wholesome, though. Uh, at the local prison, and I say that because it does, is not named. Uh, Adrian Toombs, a.k.a. the Vulture, is poisoned and falls to the ground where he is interrogated by another inmate. People, I did not name him this, uh, named Blackie. <laughs> who, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and he's asked about the whereabouts of his wings. Toombs tells him and the correction officer separate the two. Pete accompanies Aunt May to her friend's house and is surprised when MJ comes outside. But before they can catch up, Pete sees Harry arrive in the car and realizes that he's there to pick her up. He tells Harry he'll take him on, the, on his roommate offer, and Harry says they'll have a housewarming this weekend. The shadowy figure following Spider-Man breaks Blackie out of prison using the laundry transport, and sure enough, Blackie finds Vulture's wings. Who? Uh, some dude. <laughs> some dude. Um, so, the... I love this scene with Pete, Harry, and MJ because this is every depiction of MJ I've ever seen. MJ comes out, Harry, uh, Pete's like, hey, MJ, and she's like, I'm getting in the car with that rando that's over there, whether it's Flash or Harry or anybody. It's always like, yeah, 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 hi, Pete. I'm, I'm, we're about to, we're leaving, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, again, again, just showing I control what's happening. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Mary Jane. The party goes wherever I want it. Obviously, you're not part of the party this time, but that guy is in the car. Let's go. And he's loaded, so we about to you know? <laughs> we out. Yeah, I mean, because even even the amount of puns when she goes, "What's up, PDO?" Talking yeah. about my M generation, like, whoa, man, this yeah, this she's, girl she's, is she's branding. She's, she's branding herself exactly. <laughs> the whole thing. Exactly. MJ's a mood. Um, where uh, when. Oh, the, the housewarming party is on and popping. And P.S. Spidey swings past the apartment to kind of get, you know, make Flash uh, pop. Uh, but soon his web gets cut and he falls several feet. Spider-Man suddenly realizes he's in a fight with the Vulture, although the man in the suit is not the one he's used to fighting. Mm -hmm. the, new, the new Vulture kicks his butt handily as Flash, Norman, and the girls wonder if Peter is ever going to show up at the party. My favorite part of all this is at one point he convinced himself the reason why he was caught off guard is because two beautiful women were dancing in the New York City apartment. Yep. It sounds like it sounds sounds like a guy. Sounds like a guy, right? No, 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 no. You only beat me. You only beat me because I was thinking about my my new Jordans. I got to go pick up. You know, like Yo, those two girls over there were distracted me. I mean, it is kind of crazy. Like he's looking through that window and there's these two bombshells just waiting for him, mm -hmm. just dancing. Right. You know, like nobody's watching and waiting on him. Uh. 
But yeah, he gets knocked out, knocked into the snow. Uh, when he finally arrives at the apartment, the party's already over. On top of that, Peter is sick, having been knocked out by the vulture on a rooftop during a New York City snowstorm. He goes to his room and sees that Gwen made his bed. So he's like, ah, point for Gwen. And then Harry mentions that MJ covered for him by saying that she knows that he has a dangerous job taking pics of Spider-Man. Point for MJ. Peter passes out in bed. The shadowy figure realizes that Spider-Man was not killed. So he enlists the help of the original vulture to take him down. Uh, the original uh, he enlists the help of the original vulture to take down Blackie and eventually Spider-Man. That's his name, people. <laughs> Back at Peter's, MJ stops by with some chicken soup, point for MJ, and feeds him in bed. Peter gets uncomfortable knowing MJ's with Harry, but before she can say another word, Gwen walks in with a copy of Huckleberry Finn knowing that Uncle Ben used to read it to a young Pete when he was sick point for Gwen. There it is. <laughs> you understand? This is, this is what's going on in my man's life right now. But see, this is this is one of those moments where especially looking at it from like the way the way we view dating nowadays and yeah. just in general I'm you because um, I don't remember feeling this way about it when I first read this. Again, in 2000, 2001, I was 19, 20. Right. So maybe that that mentality showed me this. I'm like, oh man, that's that's a, that's a, that's a great way to be living, bro. Yeah, this is the you life. These, you got these two cute girls sitting on your bed while you're sick, basically fighting for your attention. Yep. I look at it now, like, bro, you, the, the MJ is technically dating Harry now. Yep. And he's your roommate, he's, the guy who's downstairs. <laughs> who's downstairs? Who's a? Who, he's the reason you have a place to to be sick. Right. Yep. And you got these two girls fighting over you. Um, you're living this dual life that, understandably, I get it. You, you don't want people to know and what, whatever. But you're you didn't you didn't show up to the to the party on your on your on your behalf. Right. Like the, the you miss the entire party. You stroll in. He doesn't even try to give an excuse. He just no. says, "I'm sick." That's what he says. Right. Is I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, why are you sick? Are you sick because you were drinking somewhere else all night, or you were slopping down some third chick that we don't know about that maybe has some COVID or something? We right. don't know. You're right. just rolling in now to to your to this luxury pad, and it's and huge. it's huge, you know. Uh, and so and and yet and yet these girls are still clamoring over. Yeah, you know what yep. I mean. Whereas whereas I feel like nowadays it'd be like, bro what are you hiding like what's going on where were you where, where does your phone say you were you know what i mean right like, like, whereas at that point in time it, they're just like that's cool gotta, gotta take his word gotta take his word for it and they make it a point to show that peter's room is up some stairs so it's not like you're hanging out in the living room and you just creep you know you turn your head into the next room to check on the person they had to get up and go they had to leave harry wherever he was to go see peter so I think that's interesting. Yeah. And then even as they come back downstairs, you know, um, uh, Flash Thompson is like, what the hell? Why <laughs> <laughs> both these girls did they both up come there? come out of Pete's room? Did, did they both really come out of Peter Parker's room? You know what All I mean? Right. Like, like, what is going on here? It's so funny. Because uh, suddenly, like you said, Peter is surrounded by two beautiful women who are making sure he gets better, but he can't soak in the moment for too long as he sees Blackie and Adrian both in vulture suits going at it in the sky. Flash, who's downstairs playing pool with Harry, is shocked to see both girls leaving Peter's room, claiming he still doesn't get it. 
Um, and then probably my favorite part, Peter mutters under his skin, disappointed that the vultures ruined his once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> yes. Fitting. <laughs> he's like the Fitting. Freaking, he's like the fucking, like, God, this life, man. This life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then he's like, Huckleberry Finn, Huckleberry Finn, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, great power, great responsibility. Right. All right. 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 Which, 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 which immediately for me, again, it, it's why people love, it's why people love Peter, right? Because... Yeah. Because you 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 could have easily just uh, some men, some people would have just been like I'm gonna ignore that for a little while and enjoy this. Tony Stark Whereas, doesn't leave that room. Right, <laughs> right. He 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 sends he sends a pre-programmed uh, yeah. suit or a robot or something to go or maybe even calls in like Rhodey. Hey Rhodey, can you take care of this problem? I'm busy right, right. now. hundred percent. Whereas he re realizes no, this is this is my responsibility. It it caused lies before when I when I struggled off responsibility. So immediately you're like, man, all right, Pete, all right, maybe you're not that bad of a guy. You know and what I mean? Sick. And he's sick, right? He's legit <laughs> he's legitimately sick. He's not only legitimately sick, but he's probably also aching like a mother. Because this yep. dude got slammed in the yep. air numerous times and left for freaking dead on a rooftop. Basically. So yeah. so he's sick and he's probably hurting, but hey, I gotta I gotta man up my responsibility and go and go take and go take care of this stuff. Damn but right. I did love I did love when the girls were leaving how it how how much they show their snarkiness at the <laughs> because because yeah. they're so upset with like Okay, we neither one of us found out which one of us he really likes and wants to be with. Right, you know, Gwen is all like, "All right, let's go. We gotta go. Yeah. We're, 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 it's two hours until to the to the show starts. We have okay. to leave now. We gotta get out of here." Yeah, and then finally, MJ's had enough of had enough of um, Flash, and she just tells him, "Yo, drop dead, drop yeah. dead." And it's because they're just both frustrated with the fact that can you pick one of us already, please? Even when Gwen comes in, MJ's like, "Oh, were you in the were you in the neighborhood?" Like, there's <laughs> like yeah, a, yeah, like yeah, a like, caddy, oh, like, "Oh, what are you doing oh, here?" Like, "Oh crap!" Don't you see I'm you here? again? And I'm, and I'm you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this blonde, this blonde chick again. If you like that sort of thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh man. So, so Peter, all sore and sick, finds the two birdmen doing battle over some stolen cash, which causes a stone pillar to come crashing down, almost hitting Flash Thompson. Spidey nabs the cash and Flash and instructs him to return the funds while he deals with the villains himself. The two baddies berate each other, but Pete manages to rip the wires off of Adrian's wings and ride him directly into Blackie, causing both of them to fall into a heap. Pete goes back home through his window and pretends to come downstairs after a nap when he hears Flash telling everyone how he was saved. This inspires him to join the military. Peter realizes that everyone is making important decisions and he needs to be able to make one that allows him to remain friends with one woman and date the other. That's the other thing that we're talking about. With, with his inability to choose, he could end up losing both. Yes. And that, no one wants any of that. So he needs to mm. figure this out and needs to figure it out now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one thing I I, I want to go back to the, the vulture fight. Sure. I love that one double page spread where both vultures are in the, are in the sky. Spidey's you know whipping them both up. The yeah. the perspective that is just this is oh yeah more yeah. Tim Tim Sale greatness where the the Adrian Toomes face is so wrinkly and cartoony, but at the mm -hmm. same time his wings are just so realistic. Right. It's 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 just gorgeous art that you won't you won't see. You won't see anymore. 
And it, it's you it's get unfortunate. The scope. You get the scope of the fight. You get the you you feel the height. Like you you mm. realize that it, it's not just something taking place almost in two D, especially in that splash page. You can see it. You can you can yeah. see that fight. Yeah. And then I also like to bring up the fact that there there actually was this other vulture character. I did not know that at the time. I looked him I, up because I was so confused. I was so confused when I read this story. I'm like, I usually don't have to look this stuff up, but who the hell is Blackie Drago? And he's a legit character. Um, and it's it's even more comical when did you did you see like any of the original art of him as the vulture? I the, the stuff I was coming up pulled up that he was the vulture in another universe. Is he six one six vulture too? He's a six one six vulture too. If you oh, if you look no. at there there this character does exist in that yes he 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 like like Adrian Toomes I don't know if it was so much like this with the with the that he gets sick in prison and then he tells him where where the suit is or if he just flat out steals it or somehow or whatever yeah and and don't get me wrong it's it's good art especially I, I believe it was John Romita uh, mm -hmm. who was drawing it at the time but it still just looks so comical because it, 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 it's it's fitting it's fitting when adrian tombs is a vulture because he's this decrepit person so he looks like a vulture but when you got this much younger muscular guy being the vulture it just looks it, it, it looks like a monty python skit it's funny and i just confirmed something in my own mind with this train of thought i just looked up blackie drago i would say the most definitive difference in my opinion even though i have to look up some of adrian tombs earlier works is that blackie wears like a helmet he has like a vulture helmet thing that he wears that comes down in the front mm. oh his, i'm sorry his name his name was Renero. Renero. blackie Renero, right there you go yeah. there you go right so um, and and yeah you, do you see that little hat he, thing i've not seen the hat i've i've only ever seen on on covers where okay. he's just it, he looks ridiculous. He looks he looks ridiculous. Where it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't fit. I, I'm I'm wondering if if that's the way they wanted to show him to look ridiculous. Yeah. But considering, like I said, with w even as ridiculous as Adrian Toomes, this old man who has his flying power and is a vulture, it it fit like the visual fit. I felt whereas yeah. this dude this dude looks more like he sh he, he to me looks like he should have been part of um. What's that gang that used to work for Norman Osborn with, uh, you know, uh, Handsome Dan or whatever? And, and <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? I'm trying yeah, to yeah, remember yeah. the names. You know, the uh, the the, hell, the enforcers. He should have yes. been on the enforcers, not 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 like, hey, let's bring in this this younger. Let's try to let's try to make the vulture hit by bringing in the younger guy. Like no. And again, that helmet is ridiculous. That weird vulture helmet thing that he rocks in this, mm -hmm. but the helmet is what clued me into the fact that that version of the vulture do you remember the um the the boys me and the boys memes where it's like yes <laughs> yes the 60s versions of vulture oh now i know what you're talking about yes yeah, that's blackie yes. in there it's not adrian yes, so that's very adrian. interesting yes yes oh and now and i'm wondering now then is that who the father of the female vulture is then because i believe oh that would be I, interesting yeah, because there's there's a female vulture character that I think was showing up in the Miles Morales Spider-Man book, and I believe she's also a vulture, but she's a hero vulture, and she works with Miles. I believe, I believe. I've not really been into the Miles comics in a couple years, so I just gathered so this information it's, from. It's uh, Starling, Starling, and she's mm -hmm. um, Tombs's daughter. 
Or wait. Tombs' daughter. She's definitely related to Tombs. I gotta see if he's Tombs' daughter. She's uh, her name is um Tiana Ty- Tombs. Okay, so it's Tombs' daughter. Okay, I thought maybe it was. I mean, like when the hell the oh, Tombs? Oh, granddaughter, granddaughter, granddaughter. Oh, granddaughter. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Ty- uh, her grandfather, the Vulture, uh, started to take care of the family by giving them the stolen money, etc. Okay. Okay. Got it. So I just wanted to talk about that, just because because it can be jarring for someone if they never if they know very little about Spider Man to see who this other vulture person is. I was very I just, confused. Yeah, like, <laughs> who is this dude? Like, did they just make him up for the story or did this actually happen? Yes, folks, it actually happened. And you used to say comics, right? <laughs> yeah, there comics. it is, comics. And comics. another cool thing, I love the, the Tim Sale homage to Amazing Fantasy uh, 15 happens in this when, when oh, Spidey yeah. saves, when Spidey saves Flash. Flash. It's that classic Amazing Fantasy 15 cover pose. Right. Uh, a la a la Tim Sale. Right. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Beautiful homage. Um, and now we're starting to kind of figure out, because as Peter's in his apartment thinking about all this stuff, we actually see um, the shadowy figure sniff a piece of Spidey's uniform and that got snagged in his fight with the birds. And that shadowy figure looks on at all of everyone in their apartment. If you now at this point, Seeing him smell this, I think people are kind of getting hip to what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I honestly, though, is. this is how bad it is. I honestly, though, I don't think even at this point when I first read the story, I knew who it was. I'm like, what? Is that is that Wolverine? Right. right, right. <laughs> hey, bub. <laughs> hey, bub. Yeah. Who who else sniffs, sniffs stuff? Who, who does that? So we're at our last chapter, which begins with the man in shadows looking through old footage of some of Spider-Man's most recent battles. He sees him fight the Scorpion, Doc Ock, Rhino, Lizard, and finally the Vulture as Peter remembers dreaming of Gwen alive and well and cruising with her in a convertible, calling life unfair. On Valentine's Day, Pete gets an unsigned Valentine and lets Harry borrow his aftershave because Osborne makes a joke about Peter basically bagging two girls. So he's like, let me, let me hold that. Let me, see, let me see what that's about, bro. I want some of that Parker luck. Uh, even though it's Valentine's Day, the Midtown High crew are throwing a farewell party for Flash. First to arrive is Gwen, who is dressed to the nines. And before he can shut the door behind her, MJ makes an appearance and kisses him on the cheek. Suddenly, the apartment is full of Flash Thompson well-wishers. Um, oh, and, and Pete, yeah, Peter, Pete just gets buried in the coats. Like, yep, Pete takes their coats into, into the room where he overhears Harry on the phone. Once he's done, Harry tells Peter that his father Norman is feeling better and will be coming by to see them. Peter seems concerned as the last time Pete saw Norman, he was trying to kill him as the Green Goblin. But their conversation is cut short when Flash is giving a speech downstairs. They join the other patrons when suddenly Pete's spidey sense goes off and Craven the Hunter bursts through the window. He handily takes down Flash and using his sense of smell, grabs Harry and takes off with him. Peter runs off to go follow them, but both MJ and Gwen seem confused as to where he's going, so he makes up an excuse about needing to take pictures. Craven plays with his prey, stating he's been studying him, and Harry pleads with him that he got the wrong guy. Craven says that's impossible, as he has his scent, and this is when we as readers realize Craven has been tracking the smell of Pete's aftershave. <laughs> Spider-Man shows up right before Craven tosses Harry to his death and the two fight. 
Peter remarks that this battle is one of his greatest regrets because instead of spending Valentine's Day with Gwen, he's, he's busy punching Craven in the face. And now he'll never have the opportunity again. Harry helps by hitting Craven with a potted plant and Norman also shows up out of nowhere. Peter knocks out Craven, but not before asking him why he went through all this trouble to target him. Before he's unconscious, the hunter claims to be paid by the Green Goblin to kill him. Uh, Peter, oh sorry, Spidey says goodbye to Harry and Norman. The latter thanks him for keeping his son safe. Suddenly, Norman seems unwell as he repeats to him uh, repeats himself, but Harry consoles him before Spidey takes off. Yeah, I mean, so much this this conclusion. It, it I don't know for me reading it the second time. I'm like, wow, this this wraps up kind of fast. Yeah, like it they, does. They, you know, it, it goes from like you said, a quick the villain kind of giving his last touches to his scheme. There's a party, you know, the 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 two beautiful women of the story show up. Um, the party's happening, and Craven breaks in, and yeah. Craven. This is go back to what I was saying earlier. I didn't want to spoil it. When I was reading this the first time around. Craven was someone who had been dead for a number of years, so he wasn't even on my right. radar. Like to think right. of, oh, it could be this character. But again, it was hard for me at that time to, to take the story from the context of, yes, I, I got to remember that certain characters are still alive, and this was taking place, you know, twenty years earlier in the mythos of Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, so when he shows up, I remember being kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't really know Craven. I just know he's a dude that at one point really beat the snot out of Spider-Man. Right. And instead of and and then blowing his own brains out because he was done, <laughs> he, he was, was like, done. He was like, I, 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 I've I've gotten to the mountaintop and now I'm bored. I'm going to kill myself. Right. So now th to see him as the um as the arch nemesis, so so to speak, of this part of the story was underwhelming. The master manipulator. Him, I I, yeah, I think the Craven's Last Hunt story works a lot better than this. <laughs> oh, infinitely. Craven's Last Hunt story is is amazing, and it's something that any comic book reader should read not right. just a spider-man fan but um see rereading it now and how fast everything happens and understanding that in this story as much as the villains are are the are the the action pieces mm -hmm. the main part of the story is not not the action pieces it's it's the love that pete has for for gwen so in rereading it you kind of glance over it because you know it's you know, even even though it's still sold as this big reveal, splash page, you know, Craven breaking in, Craven the Hunter. Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> it's, it's it's not the the centerpiece of the story because even of the story, like you said, what is what is he immediately thinking about? I should have been spending time with Gwen, not dealing with this freaking lion covered PJ wearing right, you know, moron that wants to just hunt me for no reason, or or, or worse, you're hunting me because of a contract that you're fulfilling to a dude who doesn't even remember it. Right. I think it's also a bold choice to not have the death in this, to not take this exactly to where the moment goes. But I would implore those who have read this. And if you're feeling a little bit empty at this point, stop right here after the craving of it all and go to, uh, or stop after the, the Valentine and go read amazing Spider-Man 121, um, where Gwen, dies and then 122 where peter snaps at mj and i remember the snapping at mj yeah, i specifically yeah. remember that so when they brought it back around in this i was like 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, would, I would, I would, I would, I would even, I would even say go a little further back. Go, go further back to the death of George Stacy. Okay, because that's that to me is where their romance really gets um, convoluted, not convoluted, but Compl- just complicated. Com- com- right? Complicated because you know he 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 basically lets her dad die. Mm-hmm. Her dad reveal something i don't want to spoil it for those of you who want to want to go out and read it reveal something but mm-hmm. you know between the guilt of 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 him dying and and also gwen dealing with the death of her dad their relationship gets very uh complicated yeah. and where it goes from there to her eventual uh death is just a, a wonderful a wonderful ride so i highly recommend I think the death of George Stacy was maybe like around issue 100. So okay. you know, it's about it's about 20 issues from his death to her death, and it's just a great great story arc. Yeah, become like I said after after the fact. Uh, you know, obviously going towards it, it in real time when they were writing it, it may not seem like it, but after the fact, all that ends up becoming a bit of a Greek tragedy. How all that you know uh, befalls the Stacys and mm-hmm. um, how Peter has to you know kind of pick himself up back, pick himself back up from all the events um but peter goes back to his apartment and undresses and gwen surprises him by admitting it was her who sent the valentine that he found she i mean he's just basically he's shirtless and she's digging it and she (laughs) she coyly asks peter to be her valentine and he doesn't really answer they share a kiss that's confirmation enough uh back in modern times Peter is sitting in his attic, still recording the message for Gwen on Valentine's Day, admitting that he could never find the good that came from her death. Then he remembered the night of her funeral and how MJ came to console him and he lashed out at her, but she stood by him anyway. He believes Gwen's death was her wake-up call to take her relationship with Pete seriously as they were all on borrowed time. He mentions how MJ became his wife, how she taught him how to love again, when MJ interrupts, or when MJ herself interrupts, Pete seems ashamed, but MJ just tells him to say hi to Gwen for her and tell her that she misses her too. MJ walks off and Peter gets ready to end his final recording. He tells Gwen that, whoop, that he can't help but feel blue every Valentine's Day as he remembers the girl with the incredible smile and so much good in her heart that it convinced him that life can be great. With that, he stops his final tape of six, and our story ends. Very, very, yeah, good. yeah, very, very good stuff. I mean, um, <laughs> I love the MJ. Say hi to Gwen for me. Like I like good, good, good work there, girl. Good confidence there. You you ain't you ain't in competition with a ghost. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there, there, yeah. There's there's nothing that comes of trying to. Uh, fight if if you care at, at all about Peter, then you know how much he cared about Gwen. And if you cared at all about Gwen, as perceived from the funeral, then you know how much this affects everybody when it happened. So I, I love that there was no cattiness here. I love that there was no pettiness. Um, and it just gets it goes to show how evolved they have they have become as a couple where this can happen. You know, because I don't right. know how many. I, 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 none of my exes are dead, but I don't know how many of my uh, current you know, if I'm ever with somebody currently, I don't know how they'd feel about me, you know, kind of having <laughs> conversation or sending recordings to an ex of mine. But 
Yeah. Well, I mean, in this case, it's it's that that's the great thing about these characters. They knew each other, and one is dead. So, yeah. but like you said, MJ is a character that definitely has the confidence to know I'm not in competition with the ghost. But at the same time, I respect the ghost. Yeah. I, I knew I knew what she meant. I understand that that if not if not for her dying, I probably wouldn't be in the situation I'm in right now. So right. I have to respect I have to respect that. And it, it, you're right. Um, it, when I when I the first time I read this, I remember being like, "Oh crap! MJ just walked into the room. Yeah, this is about to be a fight." And what does she say? Say hi to Gwen. Yeah, and that was dope. I was like, "Oh wow, that's that's that was that was that was smooth right there." You know what I mean? Super smooth. And um and at the time, I I wasn't aware of the of the the issue. What is it? One twenty two, where mm-hmm. where Pete goes off on MJ, and that is the beginning of the 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 deep MJ that we have grown to to come to know and love. Because what's her? What does she want to do? She wants to go off and party. Mm-hmm. And just and forget, like not 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 experience this emotion. But she realizes that Pete needs someone to just console, and she closes that door, and that's like the beginning of their relationship. Yeah. Where and, and it's and know, it's such a it's like it's all there on the page, like it's all you you get it, you know, and I, I it's perfect to me. Like um, it really shows where those characters stand in their lives and it's like he's like it was said in blue i do think that there might have been something in mj that got changed in that moment right and it changes the rest of their lives yeah i mean Uh, i think i think we've all experienced that where we we've lost someone close to us whether it was tragically young or even or even just somebody close to you who lived a good long life and passed away it the finality of it all comes to you and it makes you realize, okay, I, I need to honor this person or honor myself and figure out what my legacy is going to be. Because that's another thing. You go to a person's funeral and that's when you start hearing, oh, I love the person for this. And you hear, you see your stories that you, you wouldn't normally know, but it all comes about in this. And it kind of makes you go, what are they going to be? What is going to be said at my funeral? How are people going to talk about me? You know, um, yeah. is is my death gonna mean something? Right. So, you know, in MJ's case, up until that point, she was a party animal. So, does she want to be remembered as a party animal that looked like she didn't have a single care in the world, or is she gonna now hunker down and and you know show that hey, I I can be this caring, loving person that's not just f- living this carefree, almost flake like life. And yeah. she does. She does. She becomes a great character. Actually, you have the panel here, so we can end on that. Uh, you see um, MJ, and it says, Mary Jane Watson has waited several hours for someone to return to the shared apartment of Peter and Harry Osborne. But still, she's startled when she hears the sound of a key and sees the haunted form of a man she knows as Pete. Pete comes in, and she tells Pete, Hey, Petey, I heard about Gwen. I'm really torn up. And she put, he says, you torn up. Don't make me laugh. Mary Jane, you wouldn't be sorry if your own mother died. What about, uh, yeah. What do you care about straights like me and Gwen? Go on, get out of here. I know how much you hate sick beds and believe me, I wouldn't want to spoil your fun. And MJ's in tears. 
for a moment she hesitates by the door and then you see her close it in front of her instead of behind her and she chooses to stay with uh peter in that moment it's beautiful yeah Yeah, she recognizes all right i i kind of i deserve that and not only that but i'm gonna i'm gonna be here through your pain because i see you're in a tremendous amount of pain so yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a a great character moment and And that's all that's all we ask for in love man to be understood (laughs) to be to be uh seen to be heard to be understood and um I know you guys can't see us, but thank you for hearing us <laughs> as we reviewed this book here. Uh, I really, really liked it. And I, I'm i going to implore other people to just check it out on a whim. You know, like if you're not doing nothing, read, read some Spider-Man Blue, man. It it really does color in some of the other characters. There's so many characters in Spider-Man's lore. And depending on what you read, some characters can get a little bit more traction than others or be made to be more th- three-dimensional. And I think this does a good job. Uh, fleshing out yeah obviously the long run of spider-man in general has fleshed out a lot of these characters but i think these stories in particular uh flesh out um the two most some i mean besides uh, aunt may the two most important women in pete's life uh and i think it it does a great job doing so yeah i i would highly recommend any spider-man fan read this miniseries as well as all the other color miniseries. Uh, there's a Hulk, like I said, I mentioned earlier, Hulk Gray, Daredevil Yellow, uh, Captain America White. But for right now, but for right now, screw the screw the fans for a second. Sorry, fans. What Dark. do you think I should read next? <laughs> out of the color, out of the color series, because this is the first one I've read. Should I go Daredevil? Should I go Hulk? Should I go Cap? Well, uh, considering I I know I, you're you're a Daredevil fan, right? I know you're a yeah. Daredevil fan, so yeah. I would highly recommend Yellow. Go go Yellow next. Okay. Go, go that, yellow next. And that's topical, as we've seen. Uh, yellow and red clad Matt Murdock is going to be showing up in She-Hulk pretty soon. There it is. There it is. Yeah. And and also, just to give Tim Sale more love, for those Always. of you, um, go read those if you love just the art. And also, go go over to the DC Universe and check out, the, for those of you who haven't read, you know, Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and honestly, anything else that I may not know that Tim Sale did. Because I know he's done tons of other stuff, but just, just show the man some love. Get, get his, get his family some residuals. It, uh, might, it, it might be corny, but literally, I just thought about that splash page in Long Halloween with all the villains and got goosebumps. Like I literally uh, have goosebumps. No, no, right no. Now. no, like, no just he's... thinking of that, all the and Joker with his leg up on the desk, <laughs> like yep. he just killed it. Absolutely killed it. I'm yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, talking Spider Man Blue with us because this, this was, this was a lot of fun. I'm almost yes. upset. I'm, I'm almost upset we got to issue six so quickly. I know, I know. And that's how it was when I was reading it too. I'm like, where's the rest of this? And I thought the rest of it is where I they last put it back in right. issue 121. There so it is. That makes so much sense. And like I said, it's a love letter to the lore. I'm going to love letter to Spidey. And hopefully we did it justice as we uh, close out Spidey month. Um, I'm on the fence. I'm going to try to do another episode next week, but if I'm not able to, because I'm currently in the process of moving, the major issues podcast will be taking a major hiatus, but not as big, probably about a month. Um, and interim, we'll still be posting some old episodes, but it was imperative that I got you in for one of the last ones, B-Roke. We've missed your insight on this and we've missed your, uh, encyclopedic knowledge when it comes to 
uh, comic books, but especially things Marvel, especially things Spidey. Um, it was cool to talk to somebody who knew some of the background to this prior to jumping in and, you know, getting our dual perspectives coming into this story, I think really helped it sing the way it was. Always, supposed. always, always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Um, and go back, guys. Like we said, we're going to go back and check out some uh, Jeff Loeb and, and Tim Sale. Why don't you guys go back, check out some of the Major Issues podcast episodes, especially some of the ones where B. Roke is on. Look for those. Uh, we're recovering some of those indie comics. They were terrific episodes. But, yeah, in a celebration of all things Spidey, um, coming to an end it's been amazing it's been spectacular it's been all things but if you guys want to look up any other particular episode of the major issues podcast the easiest way go to comicbookclick.com it's the one stop for all things comic book click our merchandise um articles written by us in every single episode of the major issues podcast we're closing in on 250 in total including interviews and specials and that is a hell of a feat and that we couldn't have done it without uh, all of our great co-hosts, but especially all the people who listen at home. So thank you guys for supporting as much as you guys have been. Regardless, the Major Issues Podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, the Apple Podcast app, TuneFind, YouTube, Spotify. It used to be available on Facebook, but I think they got rid of their podcast thing. But yeah, man, literally, and I'm proud of this, if you Google Major Issues Podcast, will be the first ones to pop up. That's just the domain. That's the... Uh, I said that Spidey had a lot of, um, he covered a lot of ground. We're covering a lot of ground in the podcast world. So it's cool to see our stuff come right up with that good old search engine optimization. So check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. But in the interim, and especially during this downtime, we want to hear you guys. We want to increase our reach on social media and get some of your opinions on these stories, these movies, these characters in general. So make sure you're going to facebook.com slash comic book click, using the Instagram at comic book click, and using the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at major issues CBC on Twitter. Uh, so we'll constantly posting updates to the podcast, um, insights, cool uh, images. If any industry news breaks, it's usually on across our social media. We've been getting a bigger footprint on that in general. So get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. Because uh, I've been to the future and we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to complex comic book media. But I can't tell you how it happens or I will fall off a bridge and break my neck. So... I'm just going to have to trust you guys that you guys are going to follow this upward trajectory uh, as we continue to go to the moon and uh, make sure that you're holding on tight the entire way. Now, with this route that we'll be going up into the moon, you guys can actually help us get there a bit quicker. Uh, one of three ways. The easiest way, rate and review us on iTunes. Go to your iTunes app. Look up the Major Issues Podcast or go to your podcast app, look up the Major Issues Podcast and give us a rating. Write something nice, give us a star rating, and we will pop up on people's search results if they're looking for our particular brand of comic book insight. So you, not only are you helping us grow as podcasters by finding a, by us finding out what you like and what you don't, but you help introduce us to a brand new set of listeners by rating and reviewing us. Uh, the next thing you can do is you consider going to uh, comicbookclick.com and hitting that shop CBC link and you could buy merchandise exclusively designed by moi, yours truly. So not only can you own something that was designed by Comic Book Click, but we get a kickback for everything purchased. And it doesn't have to be a shirt. You can buy a laptop case, a phone case, um, a pillow, 
they've sell all kinds of things on there so snag yourself something comic book click original and we get a kickback from that but if you just want to give us money consider going to patreon.com cbc clubhouse where for as little as 10 cents a day three dollars a month three dollars a month people uh that's less than disney plus you can help support us as and uh, help us afford the hardware and the software that we need to provide the content that we have as free of charge as we have in the future um we actually had our recorder completely get busted about a month or so ago and through the uh t public and the patreon um funds we were able to get another one basically there was one week where we had bad audio and we're back on it and this thanks to you guys uh you guys helped this train move so i want to thank all of you guys first and foremost but keep on keeping on because we ain't going nowhere no time soon besides this hiatus <laughs> so uh yeah thank you guys for listening through um my name is george serrano aka the don and i am alex garcia aka b roke and this has been our spider-man blue recap and review for spidey month and remember whether you're a rhino a vulture a scorpion or an octopus we all need love and it's better to what is it it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all so stay spectacular stay amazing rest in peace gwen stacy and always remember that you yes you are worthy <laughs>